the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast opens the conversation to the contents of my book, You Don't Have to Be Perfect. We uncover and remove false beliefs that hold us back and focus on living in the truth. You can purchase a copy of this book at most online book retailers, including Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Hi friends, it's Vanessa Liu, your host of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, an authentic space to talk about life as a perfectionist in truth and love. For those of you brand new here today, perfectionism is a destructive habit that plays a negative role in our lives. Perfectionism holds us back and it forces us to live from a place of fear instead of love. It lies to us by keeping us in that not enough zone because when you strive for the impossible goal of perfection, you will always be in the lack. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Anna Grist. She is a wife, mother, and freelance graphic designer. She enjoys spending her extra time hiking, writing, reading, painting, and photography. And I have to say I have almost all of those things on my list of enjoyments as well. So, Anna, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. It's very fun to be Almost, not really in the same room, but yeah. <laughs> pretty much, technology. pretty much. Hey, you know, <laughs> with how things are today, this is as close as we could be anyway, right? For sure, yep. Mm-hmm. Through a screen. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so <laughs> you've shared with me that one of your biggest struggles is getting out of your emotions so that you can focus on starting your tasks without worrying if they're done perfectly. So I was curious, what seemed to be the emotions that are slowing you down? Well, I'd have to say fear is probably the biggest one. I, it can range. It could be fear of either not completing it in time or not doing it right or getting halfway through and figuring out, oh, wait, I should have done this a different way. But kind of that fear of just being, oh, I'm not going to have enough energy or I'm not going to know how to do this. I'm going to get halfway through this and have to stop and figure it out where it is. But I mean, really, that's they're all unbased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really that getting that over that first step of saying, okay, nope, I can do this. I can at least start it. And I don't have to do it perfectly. Like, I mean, this is just, you know, I'm just cleaning the bathroom. If I don't get every corner, no one's dying, you know? So even something as simple as that, or if it's for something else, like if it's a project for someone else, like say I'm baking for somebody or, you know, I might go, oh, I'm going to have this fear of, oh, what if they don't like it? Or what if I, you know, I'm messing up their day by delivering or, you know, there's a million different things that could come to mind and drive me nuts. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the big one that I just have to kind of talk myself down and be like, no, no, God's put this on my heart to do, or it's something I know I need to do for my family. And I just have to get over myself and just take that first step and just start and see how it goes and not be like, oh, what's going to happen 20 minutes from now. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of those what ifs, right? Like, what if this happens or what if they don't, or what if, you know, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I can totally relate in, in all the ways that you said for sure. (laughs) Um, the thing that even today I I have to give myself so many pep talks. Yeah. (laughs) Do you do that? Do you find yourself giving pep talks? 
absolutely. <laughs> and I have to keep them into pep tops and not like, oh, why, why, why are you being dumb? Like going the other way and saying, oh. no, you can do this, you know, oh. having the right tone at myself. So that's hard too sometimes when you're like, no, I'm just going to talk down to you until you do it. And it's like, that's not going to yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's actually what I was doing yesterday. <laughs> and, the then, point. and then you get mad at yourself because you're being yeah. mean to yourself. Yeah. And, and then you're exhausted from the inner monologue and you're like, well, now I need a nap. <laughs> exactly. It's this whole ugly cycle and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. It's nipping it at the bud. It's taking that first step and being like, no, no, I can tell myself, like I can discern, I need to discern when it's healthy to say, okay, I have to take pride in this job and do it to the best of my ability. And when we can just say, no, I just need to get it done mm -hmm. and then move on to the next thing. Like I don't like just get it done. Don't worry about how well it's done maybe, you know, don't do this when you're spackling a wall or something, but you know, if in the case of just small things, it's just, no, no, no. Okay. I need to discern whether I need to, how much effort I really need to put into making sure this turns out properly or to my own level of perfection. And you know what? I, something that really helps me. And so hopefully it'll help other people. These are the things that I say to nip in the bud. I, I really will say, okay, you know what? It doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah. It really doesn't. <laughs> Just do it. Because a lot of the times that fear, we build it up so big and, it, and it's bigger than the thing we're actually doing. Like mm -hmm. the fear takes over and it's like this monster. I call it the fear monster, you know, nice. and, it, and it just takes over and it's gigantic. And so I'll free myself in that moment and be like, it doesn't need to be perfect. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's not going to hurt anybody. And again, it's that discernment. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I, I have noticed as you were speaking, I was like, you know what? Thanks. Thanks. Holy spirit. Cause that, that is a good reminder. Mm -hmm. Uh, as you were talking about that, I've noticed how many of the things in my life that I do not do perfectly and I don't care. Yeah. Um, and whereas before that wouldn't have even been an option. I would have just mm -hmm. been wringing my hands, huffing and puffing in stress. Whereas now, like I, now it goes thing in the other side of like, oh, these people are going to think this about me because I mm -hmm. really don't care. Like the cleanliness of my bathroom. <laughs> I, you know, we're, we're not dead. We don't have any <laughs> horrible infections or anything like that. So you know what? I guess it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the husband's happy then i'm happy that's that's the goal is just mm -hmm. the, the, yep keep the the kids don't care they oh, could, yeah. they will live in a pigsty they could care less what my level of cleanliness yep. is and i realized that too and I, I i have to remind myself if i'm feeling and it usually is about things like the house you know mm -hmm. like oh my gosh this living room needs to be picked up or oh my gosh i need to dust or oh my gosh this kitchen oh. is a disaster i'm usually the only one that cares Mm -hmm. And so when I'm the only one that cares, I'm able to affirm, you know what? Your family's happy. You will get to this in God's perfect timing <laughs> because you have other things that are a higher priority right now. Mm -hmm. And I call it God's priority list. Right. And that nice. also helps give me the confidence. Um, so that's another thing I do like, okay, God, you're with me. You're with me in the little mundane things. You're with me in the big, exciting things. And you're not going to leave me in the middle of a project. And I think that yeah. is a huge fear factor. Mm -hmm. 
uh, that, that thing that makes us afraid to start. Cause we're like, like you said, what if I get this far and then I don't know what to do? Yeah. Well, what I have found is when you get this far, God is at that point with you. Mm -hmm. And so all that really needs to happen is abiding with him again, connecting in that moment, being like, you know what? I feel a little overwhelmed right now. I feel like I don't know the next step or I know the next step and it looks (laughs) impossible and I don't know how to do it. And so now I have found that when I can just take a deep breath in those overwhelming moments and realize God's with me right now. And if I don't feel him, I will invite him in and mm-hmm. I'll affirm his presence through his promises that do not change. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something it's like, oh, it's been such a huge lifesaver for me because I am a very anxious person by nature. I just am. Same here. Yep. And since I've been doing that, my anxiety levels have dropped and I have not been dealing with the same physical responses that are so annoying, you know, like all the tension (laughs) and the tightness and the upset stomach and all of that, (laughs) this amazing decrease. And it's, I think it's just because we get distracted all the time. The world distracts us. And it's supposed to, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like that's, that's Satan's plan. Like, oh, I'm going to get you off track here. But yep. that's why anytime we can stop and take that pause, take that moment and be like, God is with <laughs> me right now. You led me to this and not to be too rhymey, but you're going to lead yeah. me through it. Yep. You're going to show me every step of the way, but I have to come back to you. I have to remember that you're with me. It reminds me of um, the verses just keeps coming back the last two years, really. Oh, goodness. And of course, I don't have it in front of me, but it's in Corinthians, one of them. And it's, you know, taking every thought captive to obey, you know, the Christ and, and really being intentional about our thought patterns and our thought life and, mm-hmm. um, and really just honing that in and being aware when our, our mind is taking us somewhere that it shouldn't be and, mm-hmm. and saying, no, no, this isn't truth for one thing. It's not helpful and it's just I'm gonna go in circles like a squirrel if I keep going along this train of thought I'm not gonna get anywhere and yeah for sure and and you had mentioned abiding too and um that was actually what I decided my word for the year I started doing word for the year which I always thought it was dumb but I'm like ah this is probably a good idea so this year my word was abide and so it's come up from everywhere I mean Beth Moore let her book chasing vines out and it's all about abiding in the vine I'm like well that was the perfect year for that to come out um and just yeah that that if you're abiding in Christ and you're constantly kind of walking with him he's gonna you're you're going to not only be more aware of his presence but yeah you're going to your default is going to be like remembering he's with me he's got me to this point james says ask for wisdom and you'll get it so we'll know when our discernment you know we, we're not we're said we're told that you can ask for wisdom and you'll get it you know yes. so we need that moment to discern what am i supposed to do next and can i do what's next we're gonna we're going to receive that and Mm-hmm. And just that reminder that it's like, okay, big deep breath in, remember yeah. what's true, <laughs> yes. don't let your mind go crazy. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes uh, something that we don't do is we take on these these projects that God, even though we're mm-hmm. good at them, even though they excited mm-hmm. us, God was like, well, that, that wasn't really what I had in mind. And yeah. so you might have to, like, when you finally ask, oh, 
wait, should I proceed with this? Am I doing this? And he's going to be like, no, thanks. Seven for months asking. In, you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for finally asking me, but I would have said no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, then you have to go through the whole letting go thing, mm-hmm. which can be kind of painful. And you go through this like grief process of, oh, I'm mm-hmm. experiencing loss. I really liked that, I, you know, and then comforting yourself with, well, but you know what? God knows what's best for me. And, <laughs> and he, I asked oh, yeah. and he said, sorry, not this one. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So you also had, you know, told me about the fear of or the, you know, being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And I have, oh, I can relate <laughs> to that one so well. I would say that that is my hot button mm. for sure. If I think someone has misunderstood me or is misrepresenting me, I am angry so fast. <laughs> And I'm so frustrated. And I think, you know, just from my own reflection, it's because I consider myself someone that is good at explaining mm-hmm. myself and, and like communicating. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. good at communicating, especially emotions. And this is how mm-hmm. I feel on this matter. And I, I don't know. I've just, I've always cared about that because to me, that's, connection. That's how we connect when we can understand each other. So when someone doesn't understand me, Oh goodness, (laughs) it just gets me. And, uh, that can take me off course for sure, because then I can't get it out of my mind and I'm going, why would they think that? (laughs) Do you, do you relate to that? Oh, absolutely. And I know as an Enneagram four, I don't know how big you are into Enneagram, but I'm like, Oh boy. And I finally understand my brain. Um, and I know that's a big thing um, with fours, which I am, is that fear of being a mis- misunderstood or or not seen for who we really are or um, that whole, you know, my inner life, am I communicating my inner life properly and, and completely. And it's something that I've, the last few years, I've gotten a lot better at, at letting go of that trying to control other people's perceptions of me. And also I know I'm a bad communicator verbally. Like the fact that I'm on a podcast talking with words in real life is very like much just the spirit because I, on my own, I'm like, ha, da, 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 da. well, you're doing a great job. <laughs> and I usually like stumble over my words and especially when I get emotional or I, I'm invested in explaining myself. Right. And you want to make sure that, Oh, I, I don't want this person to think that either I'm, you know, I don't understand them or I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, being offensive without meaning to be offensive. And mm-hmm. um, so for me, it's more, I'm, I'm better at explaining myself in, in writing than I am verbally. Yes. So it's kind of finding the, okay, how do I stop, listen, and just really think through my response and not be so worried about whether I'm actually going to say the right thing. Mm. And it just be like, I have to say everything right. It's because that makes you nervous and then you're completely distracted and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. going to come out of normal. So yeah, it's, it's more... I've, I've found, I, I'll stop and think more about what I'm saying and really not just assume people know where I'm coming from mm-hmm. and kind of make, okay, try to see their, okay, where is this person coming from? What's their background? How do I communicate in a way that they're going to relate to what I'm trying to get across and whether that's in writing or speaking. Um, and also not using a lot of sarcasm because I tend to be a very sarcastic person, but it does not translate well. There needs to be like an, a sarcasm font or like you know a little explanation yes, point. I agree. Kind of, 
grammar that you can use to convey that you're using sarcasm on a Facebook post, but mm -hmm. I've had to kind of pull it back and really know my audience more. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sitting next to my friend. I can't see facial expressions. I can't body language, you know, like this is, and this is more of course on the um, social media aspect because that's where I kind of feel like I'm, if I'm misunderstood, it's going to be not in person as much as mm -hmm. it is online or through, um, you know, a blog or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's kind of picking, okay, I really, if I'm going to say this, I need to kind of think about it from other people's point of view and how they're going to read it and just make sure I'm seeing it from all angles before I send it out there. Cause that's, you know, it's, it's, it's on me to communicate properly hmm. and I can, and when I get too upset, like, oh, I can't, I don't know if I'm saying this right, then I, then that's where the perfection takes over and I'm suddenly trying to control how they see it, Yes, which I can't do. I can control how right. well I think I'm perceiving my point. And if I spend too much time, I'll never say anything. So I, again, it's discerning yes. how far to take that honing of what I'm saying and then when to let it go and just let it go out there let it be what it is mm -hmm. and if people don't understand then be willing to either have that conversation or not have that conversation and yeah. I find it's hard not to have the conversations like if someone is mm -hmm. either deliberately misunderstanding you or trying to get a rise out of you and kind of identifying when someone's just trying to be you know disagreeable because that's hard to tell too unless you actually know the person and and just be willing to say okay god you're I've done what I can and I'm going to just let the rest go and, and not, and I'm like, I've said what I can say as clearly as I can say it. And then mm -hmm. not worry about it. And that took me years to get to that point. And I would, yeah. anytime someone would disagree with me, I thought, oh, if they just understood me, we would not be disagreeing. And then finally I had to realize, no, some people will just always, always disagree with you and you will always disagree with them. And yeah. that's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not in control of their decision-making. I'm not in control of their thought life and you know, where they are in their journey. And um, I think that's hard sometimes. Yeah. It's that, that, perfectionism working in in sync with control to mess mm. you up oh yeah well <laughs> and control is such a big part of perfectionism yeah. for sure mm -hmm. you know I, and i love what you said about uh and that's okay that phrase i have come to use that phrase in my life and in my conversations so frequently now because it releases that tension and mm -hmm. and it releases judgment on both mm -hmm. sides because you're right i mean and i and i say this you know to my kids and everything we cannot make people do the things that we want to do or think the way that we want them to think like we cannot do that we are not in charge mm -hmm. of that nobody is and so um when you were talking about like discernment, like, should I respond to this person or should I just leave it alone? This and that, you know, for me, even those little, those little things, I'll, I'll say a prayer mm -hmm. and I'll be like, okay, God, <laughs> wow. I really want to say something here, <laughs> um, but I don't want to cause more division or mm -hmm. fuel more anger. That is not what I want. I want peace. I want mm -hmm. clarification. So if there's a way for me to do that, then please give me the words. And if not, I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is hard. It is hard to let those things go sometimes. And that's when I remind myself, okay, but you know what? Letting go is the more helpful thing to do right now. So just kind of like rest in that knowledge. Like, no, you know what? This was the better choice. 
this is better for both parties <laughs> because this way I know I'm not going to be adding fuel to the fire or, you know, something like that. And other times it's like, Oh, I have to say something. So God, give me the words that are loving yeah. and truthful. And you know what you were saying about knowing where people are coming from. It really is important. I think in our relationships, I think that's how we're going to, practice forgiveness mm -hmm. and healing, but we can't know where every person's coming from and mm -hmm. we shouldn't let it stop us from sharing the messages that God puts on our heart. And so, you know, I just go back to the heart and mm -hmm. maybe like I've written up two things today with the intention to post and I'm probably not going to post either one of them. <laughs> you know, but, but like they, they needed to come out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then, um, I pray, I'm like, should I post this? Like, is this now it's out? It's here now. Okay. I'm not going to do it. And yep. then other times it's like, yes. And, and it's kind of like, really? Cause, uh, but, <laughs> and then I'll do it. So I always, I'm just like, Hey, I asked, he answered, I'm going to obey. And, and then the rest is trust, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just surrender it, surrender the outcome to him because that's 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 what we can do oh yeah and the if you've said oh sorry go ahead the outcome is not up to us no matter how mm -hmm. much we want it to be up to us oh for sure yeah i was just gonna say too like it's once if we if we decide okay in this moment i'm just gonna respond react and you know in your respond instead of responding after you've thought about it but we can't take that back but if we've said okay no i'm gonna wait on this you can always go back and then say something like it's, mm -hmm. um, I think Proverbs always talks about like the wise person, you know, shutting up mm -hmm. until they're ready to speak and, and not being the first one to say something and not being, you know, just reacting and responding right away. And I, I have to learn that so hard. My husband will tell anyone who asks that now, um, <laughs> but just that, you know, there's always that emotional response. And then sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to, I have to communicate this right away. But it's, mm -hmm. it's that, yeah, that knowledge of knowing, no, I can sit on this or yeah, like you said, I can write it out. I have to get it out of my head and onto mm -hmm. paper, but it may not need to be shared with the world. Right. It may just be for me to get it out on that paper or wherever. And, and what and, I find pray it to God. Yeah. Yeah. What I find sometimes is what I started writing uh, evolves mm -hmm. and maybe another mm -hmm. day I'm adding to it. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to take yes. this. This is it. This was it. All that other stuff was leading up to it. You know? Yep. <laughs> Um, you know, I wanted to add on to, to what you were just saying and say that sometimes we do react. I do. Mm -hmm. And in those times we get to practice grace <laughs> because as a perfectionist, someone who I, I know it, no matter how much I don't want to be a perfectionist, gosh, darn it. I still am. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't like embrace it and say, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do it. No, I don't do that. I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist, mm -hmm. but wow. Oh, wow. Does it still pop up in such huge ways? And I laugh. I'm like, that's perfectionism. And you thought you were going so far away from it. Yeah. yeah. But the grace, the grace aspect is huge because in everything you just said, I agree with you, but guess what? We don't always do it. And then when we don't do mm -hmm. it, we get mad at ourselves and then we punish ourselves mm -hmm. and we're cruel. And then it starts this whole ugly, disgusting cycle that doesn't help anybody. Yes. And so now if I have said something that 
has offended people or that they've misunderstood, mm -hmm. I'll tell them, I'm sorry that you took it that way. Um, that's all I can, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to, like, I'm allowed to have emotions. I'm allowed to be a real human mm -hmm. being and God's grace is sufficient for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind myself of that and like really put it over me. Um, mm -hmm. and not just say it in response, but actually put it on because when I don't, that cycle starts and it is so hard. It is so painful and unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and God's taught me too many times about the importance of his grace for me to ignore it and be like, well, no, I'm just not going to give myself grace this time. I don't deserve mm -hmm. it. You know, like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one deserves it, but it's there. And yeah. I'm going to put it on as much as I possibly can. So I have a question for you. How do you ensure that you spend your time in the areas that are most important to you? Because that's actually a difficult thing for a lot oh, of people. Yes. So, you know, for instance, how do you make your relationship with God, family, and creativity a priority? How do you do it? Mm. Well, I remember the turning point in realizing it that not every priority has a static level of priority. And I was listening to a message, this was uh, probably like 10 years ago, and it was a cancer sur uh, surgeon, I believe. I can't remember. His name is Joe McHale, and I can't remember exactly what kind of cancer he deals with, but he, he like, he's traveling all over the world. This man is scheduled to the T, right? So you know he knows what he's talking about when he says, this is how I manage priorities. And he said um, to the effect that some days your priorities are going to be different levels. Some days you're going to have to go and make work priority and nothing else can be, you have to have blinders on for that. The next day, your, your kids are going to need you with no extra blinder with blinders on and same for and i mean obviously god is always going to be over everything like there's no sacred versus secular it's mm -hmm. god is going to be with you wherever you're doing and that makes you know that's sanctifying your work that's making your work the work he's given you to do you know so uh, seeing everything under that umbrella where okay if i'm looking at the beginning of a day i'm looking to god and saying okay god like i want to order myself my day under you I'm wanting, I'm going to have to kind of position myself to be sensitive to where you're leading me today and what priorities. Cause I can make all the plans I want. I have my day planner full. Like it's, you know, it's where I list all my to-dos. I have all my meetings and everything else, but once in a while, God's going to say, eh, we're going to, we're going to adjust that a little bit. And mm -hmm. if I, if I have no sensitivity to that, then it's going to make it harder. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of letting, again, having grace for myself saying, okay, uh, the laundry's not going to get done today. <laughs> we're going to yeah. have, you know, we're going to have to dig back in the closet for one more day because this person needs something from me that is more urgent where, and I wasn't planning on it. Or, you know, my husband is having a bad day and he really needs just me to kind of be more around his, you know, I can't be going off somewhere for the day and just, you know, he just needs me for that day. Whether he's communicated that or not, like, have I been discerning enough to kind of read the room and, and see, okay, where are my kids at? Where's my husband at? Um, where's my work at? You know, what are my deadlines today? Cause that kind of, you know, that'll, that'll help with the schedule too. If you're like, well, things have to be published today. So you better get on that. Um, and just, yeah, just letting God give me the grace to order what I need to order for that day and not looking too far in the future. I mean, Emily P. Freeman would call it the next right thing and just being very aware of that next right thing and, mm -hmm. and having that discernment. And, and again, it all comes back to abiding with God and really um, yes. letting him 
giving him the freedom to schedule things that maybe I might be afraid of trying to do, like we were talking about, you know, in the beginning and also saying, okay, I'm going to schedule in for you. Like Anna, your body's telling you, you need a day <laughs> mm -hmm. to relax, to yes. take off, to go to the mountains, to just, you know, do what you need to do to refocus your brain and, and calm down your anxiety. And that's your priority for today. And the rest of the world will go on without you and nothing's going to blow up. And, um, just Amen. kind of having that freedom, right. To just make the decisions in the day. And like, there's no formula for this. And I think sometimes we want that formula. We want to say, how can I apply this every single time without thinking about it? And it's mm -hmm. never going to be that way. It's always going to be something where you have to, you're, you're constantly relying on God to give you the information you need in that moment. And, and, and then acting on it as appropriate, but you know, like he's given us brains to figure these things out too. Like he says, okay, you're going to, I'm going to give you this much information. You're going to make decisions based on that information mm -hmm. and not worry about whether you have all the information mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes. And it's, yeah. So finding that balance has been more of, and, and, and then just what you, when you get it figured out, you know, a rhythm or a season or a schedule and like, I'm horrible with schedules. I'm great when I have them, I'm horrible at setting them up. Mm -hmm. So and, you know, when your kids are in one season of life, you have a rhythm. And when they're in school, when they're in school, we are, we're in an area, I mean, we're in Alberta, Canada, and we are going back to school in September. But I know a lot of places, I don't, I don't think you guys are going back in California and I think there's other places in the States. I'm school right now in the other room. Well, they are? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they went to, I always forget everyone in the States goes back in August and we're like, uh, Labor Day has not occurred yet. Why are you guys in a classroom? But, <laughs> but yeah, even that, you know finding that rhythm and then your rhythm changes and you have to adjust and be willing to, and I hate having my plans changed. It's Absolutely. one of those, it's that control thing. It's that, well, I have my day planned perfectly. What are you doing, Lord? Why are you changing things? And, and just, yeah, being willing to, again, take my mind captive and release the things that I need to release and, and just be aware that there's, there's going to be things that are changing because you just can't make that decision yet. You don't have all the information and God sees it and he'll let you know when you need mm -hmm. to know. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, yeah. I really love that. I love how you said you know, towards the beginning about, you know, maybe this day, this is my priority. And this day, you know, the kids are my priority. And maybe that wasn't scheduled. But mm -hmm. you got to be open to that. And uh, because I have I've struggled. I mean, I've come a long way, I would like to say, but <laughs> I've struggled with that whole idea for so long. Of, like you said, I just want this equation. I want it mm -hmm. to work perfectly every day. Of course I do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then it does make me afraid to plan and make plans on the other side of it because it's like, but God's just going to tell me to do something different anyway. <laughs> Why does it even matter? <laughs> and so sometimes I struggle with that. Like I kind of panic. Oh. I have my planner open. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I need my fainting couch. <laughs> yeah. And it's so silly, but it, it really does happen. And I know I love when my planner is like, boom, boom, boom. It looks mm -hmm. so great. Oh, yes, that's beautiful. And then, <laughs> yeah, there's changes all the time. And like you said, too, season to season, I've seen that. Oh, my gosh. My life five years ago was nothing like it is mm -hmm. now with my kids. Like, it's totally different. Um, I think I like this season a little bit, uh, but yeah. I was just happy to be out of the diaper season. That was the, that was mm. the turning point for me. <laughs> I, I was okay with that part. It was the, uh, the unruly toddler that, oh, yes. A little difficult for me. Ooh, but, um, oh man, this is funny. 
So let's talk about judgment. Why not? Oh, let's, let's do it. <laughs> so how does judgment affect you and those around you, like in your life? Oh man, that's like? a big one. I think judgment's been that one thing you wrestle with judgment for myself and also judgment for others. Cause when you're, I've found in my life when I'm judging myself harshly, I am way more prone to judge other, other people harshly, even mm -hmm. if I'm not acknowledging it. And, uh, especially oh, nowadays too, like, especially as social media is so much more prevalent. We're seeing snippets of situations. We're seeing snippets of conversations and we're conditioned to judge it a certain way based on how it's presented. We are, mm -hmm. we're not taught to critically look at a situation and say, okay, what are all the facts? And sometimes they are clear and people are still like, well, wait, you don't have all the facts. I'm like, no, you have enough. But a mm -hmm. lot of times you don't, especially when it's relational and it's people to people and you're seeing part of a situation, you haven't seen the whole history. And, um, and even just in my own life, uh, with the people around me, it's, I'm not as prone to judge people. I'm more prone to give them the benefit of the doubt, but then I'm harder on myself. And I, I find that when I'm just in my own head, I'll say, well, why'd you think that? Or, or if I do something and um, someone else either calls me on it, even if it's something minor, I will be way harder on myself than anyone else would be. Oh, yeah. And, and then get stuck there and, and feel exhausted because I'm like, well, now I have to dig myself out from under the shame of this mistake mm -hmm. when everyone else has already moved on. It's not a thing. No one died, hopefully. Um, and I just find, and I think from, even from childhood, like when I, cause I'm a firstborn too. Well, I'm the first one of my dad's second family. So I have half siblings that were way older than me, but I'm the, you know, it's me and my younger brother. So I felt always like I was, had to be the responsible one. I had to be the one that was always making good decisions. And uh, my parents definitely expected that of me. And I think my mom too um, kind of worked more out of a place of obedience, kind of showing whether she meant to or not that, you know, if you don't obey and if you don't do these things a certain way, bad things will happen, which they might've like, that's parenting. You do warn your kids. Like if you don't, you know, you don't listen to me and you run it in the street and there's a car, you're going to get hit that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. I think I took it and I took it out of that healthy obedience, you know, cause and effect and took it to the, Oh, if I don't do everything perfectly, yep. random things are going to, badly Same. happened to me that aren't even related that aren't actually natural causes right and it's mm -hmm. and I don't think I ever recognized that I had done that and that no one else did that mm. until you know getting into your adult years and you're like oh I am so afraid of doing the wrong thing Why? absolutely where is this coming from so it was a real again teaching yourself grace right what the actual meaning of grace is and that God is not out to punish you he's not looking for you to do things wrong so he can go ha ha slap getting yeah. you back on the pad and shorten it on the straight and narrow. He's like, no, no, we're going to guide you. We're going to guide you back to the path. We're not, you know, I'm not going to use force if you don't need force. I mean, if I'm, you know, headbutting against a wall, then yeah, maybe he'll stop me. Mm -hmm. But it was that, you know, telling myself that I needed to do, I needed to judge everything I did and make sure it had I done it the right way. If I didn't, we have to analyze this. What did I do wrong? How dare you? Why would you do this? Don't do that again. When in reality, that's not going to stop me from doing it again. It's just yeah. like when you get if I, you hear about um, people who are in abusive, who had abusive parents or who had, you know, abusive relationships, if they don't break the cycle by focusing on what to do, if they just say, I don't want to be like them in this way, mm. they're never going to get out of it. Like it's, you right. have to say, okay, what, but what is the opposite of that? What is the right path? And tell yourself that again, it comes back to what we were talking about, about the, you know, that little critic in your head 
which I think is an Enneagram one thing more than a four, but like I still have one. <laughs> but just, you know, okay, is this positive reinforcement or am I just yelling at myself? So yeah, I think it's when I'm easier on myself, I'm, I also tend to judge situations externally a lot with a lot more grace because again, control, you don't feel like you have to control other people's reactions, other people's actions and <gasps> they messed up. And now I have stress about them messing up yep. and anxiety about what's going to happen to them because they have done the wrong thing. And, Oh, how dare they do that? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I totally know. Cause no matter how many time I, times I take the test, I'm an Enneagram one. Ah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, didn't I don't want to be a one. Why am I still a one? Um, and I've heard that too. Like if you, you read, like the best way to figure out who you are is you read all the descriptions and the one you hate the most is probably you. And you're like, crap. Uh, <laughs> well, I took the test and then I bought the book that, um, nice. oh gosh, I'm forgetting that. Ian, Ian, Ian Crone. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and Suzanne Stabile, I think. That book was fantastic. so good. Oh, oh it yeah. was so it was good. I love learning all that stuff too about your oh, mind yeah. and, and yeah. even other people, like all the other numbers. I yeah. was like, Ooh, and I'm like, Oh, that's so-and-so, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, which I know you're not supposed to do, but I'm still doing it. Yeah. Again, well, comes back to judgment, right? so bad. Oh boy. Yep. How can you not do that? Like, like <laughs> I would have to turn my brain off to not do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but it's goodness. so it gives you tools though. It gives you tools because you can then identify. Yeah. Oh, that's where I am likely to slide and how can I turn it into a good thing and use it because God made me this way for a reason mm-hmm. and it, it, it doesn't have to be a bad trait and yeah. it doesn't have to be you know something I see as as destructive it can be used for for good it's just ordering it the right way under God and, and letting him use it and yeah oh yeah so yeah. good it's so good I loved it I, it's on my shelf right here nice. <laughs> I read this now, that book I read is. fast I could not oh, yeah. put it down I was like oh tell me more tell me more yeah. <laughs> And then I'm like calling all my friends. I'm like, hey, you should read this. Guess what? Yeah. I know what number you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's see here. Uh, how can we support you? How can we say well, connected? Well, I am on Instagram. Like we were saying, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram and I am serendipamoose. So it's serendipitous, but instead of the tuss at the end, it's a moose. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole story behind that. If you, um, My blog is serendipamoosetracks.com and there's a whole... The one I want to know the story. What's about. the story? It's on there. It's well, we, we basically, we moved out. No, I have to start further back. It's a long story. So, and I'm horrible <laughs> for making long stories into even longer ones, but basically we were sent a moose at, at the necessary time to, and I'll let you go and read the blog post to find out the rest. There's your teaser. I am not good at doing teasers. I'll just be like, well, let me explain all of it and all the backstory <laughs> and side stories and we'll just be here for three hours. But um, yeah, it just, it had to do with us randomly picking up and moving within six months, deciding to move from Ontario where we lived before in Southern Ontario uh, to Alberta, uh, just east of the Rockies, just near Calgary. So and it happened within six months, like start to finish idea to actually being out here. And it was just a crazy whirlwind. Um, but yeah, God just used um, so many different things to get us here and just to get us to trust him and do the next thing. And just that whole, that was such a part of just actually my journey with not having to be a perfectionist and not having to know all the facts and not having to, you know, do things before doing that one next thing. And um so yeah, so that's a whole thing. Uh, so I, I, for now, I don't have like a book, book plans or anything like that. I'm not quite that. that okay, so I'm definitely going to yeah. check that story out on your blog. That's for sure. <laughs> I so, want to know I, now. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But, yeah. um, 
I was just going to say that, uh, you know, you were talking about how you were able to let go of being a perfectionist during mm-hmm. that whole move. And it just made me think, I, I feel like it's so important to say that there are so many times that it's so beautiful and it feels so free. And mm-hmm. you're like, yes, I'm done. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm free of this, this horrible, destructive habit. I love it. And then all least of a sudden, 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden yes. you're in it again. Yes. And then, and then you have the choice. Are you going to beat yourself up and get mad at yourself like me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, well, not every time. Or are you going to say, you know what? That's okay. I'm always going to be a work in progress. And even though yep. it looks the same, I'm sure it has evolved. And, mm-hmm. um, when, you know, the enemy is just trying to keep me down. Yeah. Really? Oh, He's just sure. trying to discourage me from persevering. And mm-hmm. so when I remind myself of that, I'm like, well, I'm not going to let you win. And then I pick up and I keep yep. going. Even if I'm tired, even if I'm a little sad, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> Yep. I know God's with me, even though I feel like going and hiding under the blankets right now. Yes. So, and I should mention to you, I, oh, I forgot. I'm so bad at like self-promotiness and being like, what am I doing that people will find out about? But I, I, I do write for um, Paper and String. It's an online care package that's published through the Black oh. Barn. So if you look, uh, it's the blackbarncollective.com slash paper and string. And I write for that. It's a, a subscription-based magazine. And I'm also going to be, for their online um, uh, community, I'm going to be teaching a, I think it's 10 weeks or eight weeks. It's still in the works. In October, I'm going to be teaching like a elements of design and, and just kind of from a graphic design perspective, but for kind of the everyday person who wants to make things that are pretty and just kind of know what are the do's and don'ts and how do you pick fonts and how do you make, how do you feel about this color? And just if um, we're still in the, um, work of that but that, so that'll be um the details from that if you go do go to the blog and sign up through email i'll be sending that out probably in the next two months or so so that's that sounds fun often but yeah so some fun projects coming up <laughs> so i will make sure that those links go in the notes awesome. and yeah thank you so much for being oh, here in so this conversation fun. It was fun. Great. My very first podcast. We we (laughs) talked over each other a lot, I think, because we just have so much fun. (laughs) We did good. I think we did good. It was just the end. I think then we started. Yeah. I'm like, I have to stop. My husband says, he's like, you get going and you just start talking over people. But I'm like, yeah, but my best friends do it too. And we just, we find our rhythm and you just, some people you can do it with, some people you can't. And yeah, you kind of have to find your, find Yeah. One of my best friends, same thing. She's like, um, if you want to join the conversation, you just got to jump in. Because we're just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Am I your first Canadian? Or remake? Is it, can you call yourself an international show yet now? Or have yeah, you other... probably. You, I think you might. There you go. You're international. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's happened. All right. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. <laughs> thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.